You're right. It is kind of a unique thing because everything's related to that. Payroll, especially, punching in, punching yeah, out. Yeah, and, and it happens all the time. It's a consistent thing. So, you know. If- so this podcast needs to be, and this YouTube episode needs to be <laughs> shared with facilities. Uh, yeah. Yes. This is, we're yelling at facilities today. Yes. I like it. Somebody new to you can have my, <laughs> my the ire of my anger. <laughs> should have like straightened out i have this long like duster on and it's not straight a, a duster mm-hmm. i don't know that i'm not familiar with a duster yeah it's like a long sounds like a cowboy long, thing well you know y'all <laughs> i'm just kidding you are not from texas <laughs> i know you, i never said i was I'm well you can say i'm a texan native. i don't know you just get them confused i say i have texas blood in me we all have blood in us from somewhere else, but it depends well, on how far back you go. Well, you would still consider yourself. Well, I'm not going to go there because it doesn't yeah. make sense. <laughs> we got, and, and you know, it's, it's on cue. It's like he hears the, the start. I thought we saw, I saw both of them down here. No. Hi, everybody. Now that we're done with our small talk and we lost half of our audience, probably. You say listeners. that every time. And then I say that every time. Right. And we don't. And we don't. Welcome to Travel Insiders, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about orientation. Yes, we are. Orientation. Mm-hmm. It's a good topic. You know, it kind of goes along with the lines of we had resume and interviewing and all that kind of stuff. And this is kind of along those, that line well, of, yeah, of thinking. Some, yeah, and it's something that we haven't exactly experienced ourselves. Good point. So to just kind of get data for the episode, I talked to a few of my old long-term travelers who have done a lot of orientations. Well, I think that's important to bring out. So again, this episode is to kind of point out, I think, the obvious. We have never been in a traveler orientation ever no. before, so it's we're not speaking intelligently, uh, more so than usual. <laughs> How's it going, Max? Maximus the dog. do you yeah. think it's funny that he never comes and says, gets on your lap? Because he knows he's not allowed on my lap. <laughs> Whatever. But I he's, wrestle. I wrestle with him. He used to lay in my lap. He was so little. And Mark little, got little so squirt. mad at me. He's like, you're spoiling that dog. And I'm like, dude, soon he's going to be way too big for me to put in my he's lap. Still, he curls up. He's big, as, as big as he is, he can curl he's up into a, a small cuddler, little yeah, ball. He yeah, he's a, good, a he's a good dog. Mm-hmm. I really like I enjoy him. Yep. I enjoy him. I like all my dogs. Um, back to orientation now that Maximus has uh, left the building. Well, yeah, so we took the approach of a little bit of, obviously, if you guys have been in orientations, you know. So maybe this might apply to some people, who, new travelers. Definitely. Um, and then I think we'll sort of throw in our experience yeah. on our well, side, what it orientation is, it, is like We have we had a lot of feedback on, on orientations yeah. over the last couple yeah. of decades and that sort of thing. Yeah. So I think we have something to talk about, something to yeah, definitely, I, think so too. I would hope. Yeah, well, they can decide. You know us. We're always going to throw some opinion out there, regardless of whether or not it's talkable or not. But um, I guess let's talk about how you get to you know orientation. And, and I think to kind of go a little bit off topic, one of the things we, we, we do get frustrated with on our side of the desk is the lack of information on like a first-day instruction or when you're yes. actually going to get the information on about where is orientation, what time am I going to report, how do you want me to be dressed, what's yeah. it going to look like. We get very little. Very and oftentimes it's very last minute. It's usually last minute, but the, I guess where I was going with this is that it seems like we don't know a lot about the details of the orientation. Just oh, yeah, go no. here, report here, and this time, this yeah. day. It's mm-hmm. pretty unusual if I can, I can't think of a time ever where we found out the orientation is typically this many days, and here's, you know, usually yeah. a traveler's given that once they start orientation. Well, and I guess I would back up just a little bit, and even for savvy 
people that are experienced travelers, I would say, um, first of all, first day instructions are withheld from us until you have completed and you're cleared with credentialing. Right. They hold that over purposely right. to get yes. you completed to make sure and cleared. Yeah. So, um, just now that's just one more thing. If you're nervous about first day instructions, get your credentialing done sooner. Yep. Um, and then uh, also know that there are times that, I mean, I know that we had a policy that you we could not leave. If we didn't have first day instructions on Friday by like noon, I think, noon yep. mountain time, yep. I mean, that's all we were doing, but me and credentialing department still the case. trying to make sure, make sure that everybody yeah. that was starting that Monday had first day instructions. So it literally can come down to the well, wire. That, let's, like that. let's pause a minute, because that really does say a lot. That, that mm-hmm. explains to a lot of people potentially that have never heard that, that how difficult it is sometimes to get usually a vendor yep. to give us this information in a timely manner. Right. It's like pulling teeth sometimes, and it and gets it, a little ridiculous. It happens all the time consistently yes it is not just a here and there thing it is a weekly thing that you deal with at an agency yeah it's like you should the person's been compliant they've been they've passed on wednesday yeah Yeah, (laughs) usually and you're waiting oh we'll get we'll have it and also there's one more thing that you know who knows but it does go to our vendor podcast Mm -hmm. a little bit and talk about how with their lack of of, of understanding, not experience, sure. of actually being the ones that are receiving the pain from the traveler of how <laughs> right. come I don't know my first day yeah. instructions, it kind of shows how it, it does trickle down. It's one of those yes. areas, again, that I'll kind of bring up again that is mm-hmm. the customer service aspect of this. Yeah. There's where it rears its ugly head again. They yeah. don't understand, a vendor doesn't oftentimes understand how frustrating it is to be the agency, especially a recruiter, yeah. having your traveler who you care about, want to have get going. Mm-hmm. not know where they're going and it's Friday and you're counting down. And yeah, I used to have a rule that you got to have that done. And oh, if somebody left the office at five o'clock without having their oh, traveler. Yeah. Mark was mad. Well, I wasn't always mad at the recruiter. I was, I was oftentimes frustrated with, yeah. with the credentialing person. No. And more often than not, I was frustrated with a vendor because right. it shouldn't have come to that, but it did. No. So I guess we're kind of a little bit off topic, but the bottom yeah. line is that we get these orientation information literally at the 11th hour frequently and it's really it's rare it's here's what time and here's where like but it'll say like you know lobby for a Mm -hmm. report to hr that's that's better because at least you know you're going to hr but i don't like when you go to some lobby or something like people don't know this facility and it's the not the one in this one but in the annex little volunteer front desk right. person. Don't know how to be dressed. You don't know if you're supposed to be in scrubs. <clears throat> yeah. So I guess I'm just telling everybody, I'm apologizing for every, you know, agency out there that this oftentimes isn't us. Most of us want to get this information too quick. So yeah, as all soon right. as we can, we want to get, we're in orientation then. Right. So we mm-hmm. find, we actually know where we're going and we show up, yep. not sure what the day is going to look like. Not sure what the week is going to look like. We don't even know how it's supposed to be dressed. Well, we just have to brush our teeth and have some food in our stomach and, and go. And you just said a lot because, um, that's a frequent question, especially whether you're an experienced traveler or a new traveler. A lot of times you'll be asked as a recruiter, do you know what their orientation process is? Right. Do you that's know a, how long it is? You know, and we, we, just, we said we, that. We typically <laughs> don't know how long. Well, that's what I was saying. Yeah. You said a lot. So we typically don't know that. And so um, we can get a good idea based on start dates because they will say, you know, we only do orient. You have a good idea if they only do orientation once a month, it's going to be big. You know, well, we'll get into that. I mean, but the, the fact is you're, yeah, I mean, you're... We just don't, as recruiters, we have no idea what your orientation may look like unless no. we've sent people there Which often. would be some good information if any mm-hmm. vendors or any hospitals are listening to us to give to us so we can give to the traveler. Yeah. It would make for to, the whole, this whole you know episode. Yeah. That would smooth things out an awful lot. And it would make travelers less anxious. Yeah. I mean, that never well, goes which, away. I don't care which how makes the recruiter anxious because there's yeah. commission involved. Right. Right, that's yep. what recruiters are all about. That, yep. so they don't want to lose that commission. They want to make you mad, but I mean, it's a lot. Everyone's everyone's driving across the country typically yeah. to. There's one last thing to be nervous about is always helpful. Right. Okay. So a lot of the feedback we got was many orientations are like a two week orientation. Yeah. And we were told repeatedly, <laughs> you know, that's too much. Now I would think that that response does have a variable based upon how experienced you are as a as a as either a nurse or an allied professional mm-hmm. i think the more experienced you are the less orientation you need especially the more travel experience you have the less you need but it does seem like pretty much across the board two weeks is 
too much. The feedback I got on that was that you typically find with big systems where yeah. they have... Big hospitals. Yeah, big hospitals and big systems where maybe they are doing orientations for three different facilities all at once. Oh, at one location, uh -huh. yeah. Yeah, and they just take a while because there's so many of them. Hmm. Or there, or uh, uh, and you know we've heard of this too, where you get to a facility and you have to pass a certain test that you can't take before. And you well, know. let's 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 have this conversation because yeah. that too should be known by the vendor, should yeah. be known by the agency. Mm -hmm. On occasion, we have not been told that, which is really frustrating that yeah, someone very. you know because that's you know to be able to go and to pass. A you know a, a, a heart maybe a heart arrhythmia test that you know whatever it is that they're doing <laughs> yeah. that should categorically be be told to the agency and communicated effectively to the potential mm -hmm. traveler before they even interview. Right. Most people, if they they know that, they won't even want to go in front of that assignment. And I yes. understand that. Certainly, let alone risk well, driving across the country or across the state to go. And here's why: because which I, we haven't said is that you've got to get there, get into orientation, take this test, and pass it. And if you don't pass it, you get to go home. You, yeah, free of, you know, no, do, do not pass, go, You're do not collect money, $200, so, right? Yeah, it's an important thing that you want to know. But well, what I, what's frustrating about them is many hospitals have portions or parts of that test that have nothing to do with the traveler's specialty, specialty yeah. at all. And it's, mm -hmm. it's like, this is one of those things you're like, really? Yeah. I mean, look at what year it is. Can't we kind of get on the same page here and right. have a have a test if you're going to you know check someone's clinical ability can it be for their Clinical. real <laughs> clinical right clinical ability i mean mm -hmm. you know it's it's but that happens and uh -huh. and hospitals are shocked why no one why they can't have any fulfillment why no one wants to go to work for them yeah because your test sucks it's not appropriate you know well and it's just one more risk that travelers just aren't going to take unless they well, have taken it multiple times and know they can ace okay if there's something on there that's not your specialty that that means that they're potentially wanting you to float and that should be mm -hmm. talked about and discussed up front yeah otherwise why is it on there right. i mean that, that's pretty fundamental question and maybe an ignorant question for me to ask but i'm asking it right. if you don't have to float there then why would you have to be tested on something that is not appropriate to you right. so let's fix that everybody out there that's not a traveler. Get to work. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, the orientation can take too long. Or the opposite, where you know, I think more common, I would almost say, is not enough orientation. Not enough. That's absolutely the most common. I mean, we're going to talk about little or actually no None. orientation. Yeah. But I do think what I've heard is not Please. enough or not enough specific curtailed to a traveler's needs. It's just fundamental. Here it is. Mm -hmm. We're going to give the same, you know, same regurgitation to every traveler who walks in, and not take into account his or her, you know, what they what they're experienced with. Whether we're talking about charting, whether we're talking about procedures, process, you name it. And we're just going to give you the orientation, and we're not going to let you, you know, we're not going to curtail it to what you need. Yeah, well, you know, I think, I mean, typically in orientation, you're going to get a badge. You're going to, you know, and then you can't do anything without your badge. You can't clock in, clock out without your badge. You can't log into the computer without your badge. And one of the biggest complaints and the biggest fall downs I see to this day is I got out of, I left orientation and my badge still was not working. And again, if I could offer out any kind of advice, <laughs> you're going to be in orientation for a week. Do not let a traveler be done with orientation without her badge, his or her badge, not working. You're right. It is kind of a unique thing because everything's related to that. Payroll, especially, punching in, punching yeah, out. Yeah, and, and it happens all the time. It's a consistent thing. So, you know, if so this podcast needs to be and this YouTube episode needs to be <laughs> shared with facilities. Uh, yeah. Yes. This is we're yelling at facilities today. Yes. I like it. Somebody new to you can have now my <laughs> your turn. the ire of my anger <laughs> aimed at them. Yeah, but it's a real thing. I mean, they depend on that batch for a lot, you know. And well, access to things, be able to get it and, and again, it, payroll. Drugs, payroll, that's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's important do not let orientation end without their badges working. Well, again, if we're talking about two-week orientation, how's that person getting punching and punching out for their orientation, orientation without it? Right. But it, I guess we're just pointing out the things that everyone's out there saying, amen, preach, brother and sister, because <laughs> they, they've experienced it. Because yes, they've had, they've had then sure. they go and they get, it, it causes, you know, we've got episodes called that we had, go back and listen to them, payroll errors. This is, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of payroll errors are because we couldn't even punch in or punch out the first couple weeks right. of, of my assignment, right? Right. Gee, I don't know. Maybe you could fix that. Mm -hmm. I'm a fixer. So are you. So 
Let's get X, this X. shit fixed quickly, right? Seems like a simple thing. To well, fix. and you put down a really good thing here on our on our episode, you know, notes for today, and that is isn't there or is there a correlation between yeah. poor or shoddy or short orientation and terminations? terminations. Yep. And I now I, my nerdy brain wants to track it. Well, it'd be hard to because you can never really get a hospital's motivation, but we do know that I can think of many examples. Just I mean, just just I off the too. top of my head, yep. where I know that an orientation was the beginnings, at least, of a problem assignment. Mm-hmm. It just you guys and everyone's out there is listening. To me, it just started off badly. <laughs> just started off bad from orientation, and it never, never got, got better. better. Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder if orientation would have been better. It's a lot like training. If you're mm-hmm. any other kind of business, yeah. If you're this is like a fast, rapid. Quick training cycle if it mm-hmm. is what orientation really should be. Is Not it? so much in what you do for a living, but how to do it here, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, if your people are getting terminated left and right, look again at not just the management and how the unit's being ran. I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've given that suggestion before. But look at your orientation. Is your orientation sufficient enough to it provide enough support for somebody? I get it, it's a fair expectation that a traveler be able to hit the floor quickly. Right. But it's also a fair expectation of the traveler that they have been orientated enough to feel supported. I agree. And here's the thing. It's it's no different than I always compare it with with any sales organization or any organization in general. Training and new hire is exp- hiring is expensive. Yeah. So it's the same thing with travel, but it's like on steroids because you're you're mm-hmm. literally hiring all the time because you're taking care of supplemental staff, which means your training program needs to really be examined as to how good it is. Mm-hmm. Because to interview, credential, hire a traveler to only have it be where it's not him or her, it's not working out for them, mm-hmm. and not looking at your own you know introspection, what is your orientation is, is primary. There. How much money could hospitals save if they focused a little bit more effort on how they orientate yes. travel mm-hmm. nurses and travel allied Maybe professionals? Maybe a real solid process. Mm-hmm. Well, we're just saying that there could be a correlation. Maybe you guys out there think about when's the last time you mm-hmm. had bad orientation and, and you got termed. Yeah. And you sat there and went, it's because I didn't know what I was doing in this unit at this particular hospital. And right. nobody would support me on the floor. <laughs> right. Right. Happen. So exactly. I guess we go with the whole idea of a, of a double-edged sword between good orient, if, you know, fast orientation and slow orientation. I think it's... Yeah, well, I mean, the problem is that you have multiple forces pushing mm-hmm. in many different ways, you know? The recruiter wants you to start quickly. You want to start quickly. The nurse manager needed you yesterday. The hospital has rules... Liability rules. Well, it's, I mean, I'll, I'll simplify it. Jayco rules. No, I think I think it's I think you're you're. I I would say it just has to do with how fast can we get. The, we've already hired this body, so we're sure. wasting money. Want to work. Yeah, they want the hospital wants it. It has nothing to do with recruiting else because we're billing, right? We're billing typically. Well, we'll and, talk about that in a minute, but we're billing. Yeah. Typically. Did you put that on there? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, kick it. So, but we're billing at least. They're starting, so that hospital is wondering how long do we have to have someone in here before we can start having them see patients and start helping us make money. Right off the general public, which is, I mean, that's what hospitals do. Right. So it is that, do we go too fast? And then, so I understand Rest hospitals' patient, dilemma. Patient I'm just saying, look at it. And yeah. I think there is a sweet spot to Definitely. what really works. And then I also personally believe that hospitals should really have a point in their orientation when there is a way to curtail it specifically to each individual's needs, if that's mm-hmm. at all possible. Look into that. Mm-hmm. Figure out a way to do it because you're going to overtrain someone that doesn't need it, which means you're wasting money, mm-hmm. and you're going to undertrain someone that truly needs it, and you're going to waste a lot of money mm-hmm. on having that turnover. Mm-hmm. Just Mark's philosophy for the day. My opinion. There it goes. There's my, my opinion. You know what they say about those. Yes, I do. As a matter of fact, I do. So let's talk a little bit about like no orientation because we've seen that be a relatively thing, thing. way too frequent, frequent than mm-hmm. I'm comfortable way. with. I'm not comfortable with it. It happens all the time. It really does. And some will say, well, I mean, you don't even find out about it. Like you're you dealing with something three weeks later or six weeks later. And they're like, well, I never really got any orientation. I, I know. And it's like, why didn't you tell me this? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they gave me my badge, told me to go up to the unit. And I thank God I was wearing scrubs. And boom, Luckily, I was there. I and... saw the crash cart when I walked in. <laughs> but, I mean, but that happens a lot. A lot. A lot. I can understand it happening here and there if a hospital is like it finds themselves to be like 
in, in staffing trouble on yeah. a rare occasion where it's like, hey, we'll have to do something kind of on the fly. But to have it happen consistently, that's a, that's a management and organizational problem. Well, I do think, too, is, is that a lot of it is sometimes at smaller facilities where, I mean, what are they going to do? Put one, per, you know, they're going to put one person. This is the other thing. They make them watch videos on computers and orientations that I just, it popped into my mind. They hate that. Yeah. But anyway, you know, like in little facilities, what are you going to do? I mean, you're, you're almost better off in a little facility having your orientation just be on the floor while you're shadowing Yeah, I guess if, if it's good. I mean, if it's you good, know, yeah, you get the yeah. nuts and bolts from just HR. Just don't alone yet. Yeah, if you've got the nuts and bolts from HR and you understand yeah. what you're doing, then I guess that probably would be effective. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know, but um, who knows? No, but it happens more often than not. And it, it really is a good question to ask in an interview. Do you... Can you describe to me what your orientation process is, what your expectations are? Of oh, that? yeah. We're going to get there, I believe. Um, <laughs> I do want to talk about the, the idea of a, the pre-orientation coursework. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For many systems, Ugh. I'm, I'm lumping into this episode because I don't know where else to put it. Well, yeah. there is a, I, I do mean, have a couple. A little bit. In right. And there is, there is but... some financial stuff that we, that we have a future episode that we talk about it in. Mm-hmm. But... The, here's the, here's a big thing. There's a lot of facilities that are requiring travelers to do a ton of pre-orientation that orientation. They call orientation, but they make you do it at home before they make it. It's part of your credentialing. It takes 15 hours. Oh, I, I've seen a lot know, more than that. And you you don't get paid. We don't get paid. No. And it's it is, and you're spending a good day's worth of work. That if you were or, doing this stuff at the hospital, you'd have to be paid for. Probably. So it's just one of those little places where they nickel and dime you, as we mentioned a right. lot. Right. Right. Where they take money from you, or. Well, here's an area that I will say I know this to be true. That there's one vendor that is their own, you know, and they. Their own what? <laughs> their own their own travel company as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh huh. For their orientation, for these hours, they have a re- have a relationship that they are allowed to bill. Mm-hmm. But when you subcontract through them, you're not right at all. Right. And it's a way for them to pad their pockets. Now, exactly. There's another vendor that is part of a system. Mm-hmm. Does the same thing. Yeah. I happen to be privy with a conversation one time on email that didn't wasn't supposed to go to me. Mm-hmm. When this was first brand new, we're not going to allow you, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this, but I guess this is kind of the next thing, and that is the the first few hours of orientation not being paid at the normal rate. Right. That conversation came across my desk as, shh. Don't tell anybody. No, this is a way for hospitals to kind of keep some revenue. Set it right there, plain as day, and it had a, a legal person's name after it. So it was, it was basically saying, wow. this is baloney. We are doing this specifically to save our hospitals money and make the you know travelers suffer and potentially and probably the agency suffer because they're going to have to pay something legally to someone that's actually doing some work. Yeah. So two different things when I kind of got off on topic that but the pre-orientation annoying. stuff is frustrating Fair. because and, and here's what I'll say about it. There's nothing that we as no. a company can do about it. Except you, listen, you complain and no, no, which no. is what we do. They could choose not to take the assignment. Yeah. What I do have a problem with is, a, is an agency that doesn't let you know that before you get three steps into the process or all the way into the process. Oh, and by the way, you have to do all this pre-course orientation online work. On your own right. dime. I understand time. that could happen to a company here and there, but once you've worked with that vendor in that facility, that is inexcusable. If you've been around as an agency for a couple of years, mm-hmm. you, that's not an excuse. Mm-hmm. You have to let your travelers know that up front. Otherwise, they then they're, they're, they're in it already. Yeah. And... I've seen this. I had a really good friend of mine who I've been a traveler. I've known her for 16 years. <laughs> Hasn't traveled with me for probably 12 years, mm-hmm. maybe 13 years. Right. We're still really good friends. Yeah. She's working for another company. Right. And she said that's what happened to her recently. She got to this thing. They made her do all these oh, right. all these courses yeah. that the other people in the facility were able to do in like a year. Right. And what was, she's like, I'm stuck. I, this is in the state that I have a license in. I'm here. I'm at my hotel doing this. I can't just like start this process all over again. Of course, she's calling me to say, can you start this process all over again really fast? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we probably will. Right. But she's in a bad situation. Sure. 
she's stuck working for, and she what's she supposed to do she she's either going to leave and start all over again and be out of work or do her best to push through this and i think that's what happens sometimes is that mm-hmm. these facilities and these maybe companies agencies i'm all through it every once in a while i think if they do know and they're not telling you that's why they want to get you in they don't want you to know and also they're just going to but I, mean, I don't know why you do that as a company. It's just instant bad customer service, instant bad taste in a traveler's mouth about what your agency is all about. Yeah. But some of them don't care. We know. Yeah. But that's a, that's a frustrating thing. Very, so. very. The last thing is I want to mention real briefly is that I do want to talk about the, the orientation hours that mm-hmm. I was mentioning a few seconds ago. And that is that the new trend lately, and we found out one of our, one of our vendors does yeah, this across the out. board after we'd, been, we'd, we'd paid the traveler and their invoice came back, they're relatively new with us, and they're like, oh, I'm like, why is there eight hours not of any bill? Oh, because they aren't letting us bill for those eight hours. And it was somewhere in the fine print, I'm sure. Now, I wonder if they're able to bill, because they are they are strictly a, v, a VMS, so we'll see. Oh, but, they just don't pass it on. I, and no one would ever do that. That would be unethical, but who knows? But I found out that it's across the board. So we now, because I just listen or no listen, Again, this is where an agency does get stuck, and I want Travers to understand this is a big thing with me. It is not our fault. No. We get to bill zero dollars. So most companies nowadays will let will pay like ten bucks an hour is kind of the going rate. Because and it's just money taken out, right? Mm-hmm. However, most companies are smart enough that we reduce that magical number of three eighty six or five, you know, four hundred and twenty, mm-hmm. five twenty mm-hmm. by eight hours to get our new amount because you have to, you can't bill. It's part of the thing. I would hope that they do that. I would, yeah. it's fair. It's not the traveler's fault, but it is going to reduce the amount of money you're making over the course of the, of the assignment yeah. and hospitals and vendors should know that this whole bullshit about taking eight hours out. It's still going to cost the traveler. Yeah. Any smart agency is keeping that money and it's coming down, unfortunately to the traveler's pocket, which means what you're doing by not allowing us to bill those eight hours is just hurting your fulfillment and it's hurting the traveler's income yep. as always. Yep. So knock it off. Knock it off. Well, and, you know, again, I mean, man, Travis should recognize that this is part of that stuff. Part of that stuff that just drives me crazy about the industry Agreed. that it's padded income that hurts the traveler. Agree. It just drives me nuts. And it, does. it Well, it's. It's bullshit. It just makes life tougher. I mean, again, this is one of those areas where. This well, is coming from a facility or a vendor. I don't know. Again, it's hard for me to sit there and say per, 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 for sure who's the one pocketing the money, if it's the staying in the hospital or if it's going to the vendor or going to the – and not. But I can tell you it's not coming to us. No, and I think it also is important to point this out too. If you've watched any of the Nothing is Free videos, if you've watched – heard any of the podcasts, Pi or any of those things, um, there are some companies who have such high margins that they will – tell you that you're going to be paid for orientation excellent point excellent point because they can because they're taken yeah i guess you're right here so what what ann's saying what you're saying and Mm -hmm. it's a really good thing is that if your company's margin is so big that they're you know that other people are not getting paid and you are you might want to look at your overall compensation because the chances are you're making less because other companies are maxing their margins out to what they're normally are, and this company does have it. I have you're right. I have mm-hmm. seen it's a really good point. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you're working for one of those systems that isn't allowed to be billed, I guess how would the traveler know that? But if you're in orientation, yeah. other people are saying I'm only getting paid ten bucks an hour. That's typically where it happens. Then you might, if you are one of those people, like, well, I'm getting paid full. Mm-hmm. Might want to check what that full is because it's probably coming out over the course of your thing, somewhere. or you're just not making that much money because yeah. you're working with one it's of the big companies. Out but the fact is, is that. that a lot of companies are not able to bill for those hours. Right. So most companies aren't. No. And it is tough to get beat up by a traveler over mm-hmm. something that, of a rule that you didn't make. Especially when they come out their, their first day of orientation and they call you and they're like, yeah, I made friends with this girl and we went to lunch and I found out she's getting paid full. Her full pay. Right. What, what, why am I not? And you're like, well, okay, let me explain it to you why you're not. Well, it's nothing is free, but this goes back to an episode we did pretty recently where it's kind of like a myth, right? That that yeah. agencies make so much money. Now, agencies do make a lot of money, and we've said it there. Mm-hmm. They make too much per traveler, but they make a ton of money with a huge number of travelers working for them. That's how right. the agency, that's how the business really works. Sure. It is unrealistic for 
a traveler sometimes to say, well, I want to get paid all this, and I've seen travelers that want to get paid for the remainder of their contract if they're, if they're terminated. There's not that much money available per assignment. Mm-mm. And, you know, for, for many companies to pay that $10 hurts because yeah. it, it is. But, Comes again, I'm just telling everybody, I was smart enough to at least throw that in there. Right. We would take the amount of hours reduce it, put in that we're paying $10 with, with payroll tax, and we come up with a real good figure. And that was part of our calculation for what we could pay over the course of the assignment, right. which yeah. is what we're doing right now for that particular vendor, I won't mention their name, right. that snuck it in there that every one of their assignments, there's eight every hours hospital. of orientation yeah. that we aren't allowed to bill. Right. Which should also tell you that they're trying to get orientation done in eight hours. I don't know if they were or not, but that's, but yeah, it's a good, another great question. <laughs> but that's a tough one to, to kind of, I help people really, I went through that quickly. Mm-hmm. But I hope people understand the two different concepts. One of them is I, both things drive us nuts. Yeah. The pre-orientation work that you're being required to do and the fact that oftentimes you're not able, we're not able to bill for X amount of orientation hours. And it's sometimes more than eight. Yeah. Those two things drive most companies crazy. So yeah. if you're angry at your company, your anger is, is, well, it's just, just misguided it's not it's not aimed at the right place but right. you know i mean i would tell someone orientation hey how come your hospital doesn't pay for orientation <laughs> right <laughs> you guys should maybe think about doing that start letting them know that at the facility that this is that you don't like it mm-hmm. i almost didn't take this job because of it i know a bunch of people that didn't take your job because of the orientation whatever it is mm-hmm. i mean we have to start changing the industry yes. back to where travelers actually make money for this risk and what they do mm-hmm. i mean you heard me. I was just talking to somebody, and I get really amped up. Now I'm calm. Now, but I was talking to somebody on the phone, and I get, I get so mad because You're fasting today. I am fasting, but I get yeah. really angry when I start talking about how this, the last decade for sure. How do we make more money? And it always ends up being at the traveler's expense. Mm-hmm. Because there's enough travelers out there that don't listen to Travelers Insiders that they actually don't know this stuff. So they, right. the, the agencies count on this. The facilities count on this. The vendors count on, on the naivety of, of having somebody not understand the numbers. Oh, they very and it much works so. every single yes. day. They very much are counting on that. We're fixing that. Yeah, we are. It's people, our mission, but man. I'll take the moment to say it now. But people have to share, like, subscribe. and subscribe. But mostly share this. Mm-hmm. You know, we can only put it so many places. And like we put it a lot of places. <laughs> but there's a ton of people that aren't on social media. There's a ton of there people are. that don't look at this stuff. And yep. if you guys, I mean, there's, a, I mean, most travelers aren't on social media. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same 10,000 people that are on every page there is, right? So <laughs> it's a little redundant. But for people that are needing this information, please. Share it. Well, I mean, whether you like what you're hearing and, or seeing or you don't, it's a conversation starter, which is what yeah. we've always wanted to be. Yeah. And it gets you thinking and it gets you questioning things that you always assume are are real and maybe maybe they're not quite the way it's supposed to be i mean who right. knows it's it's just kind of it's kind of hard to, to figure it out so um i don't even know why i was mentioning when well, i said this this next thing but this was i can tell you so oh, um it's that was about the that was, was about the, some idea. Of the feedback that i got was that um in the interview basically it's about charting um and computer systems um and you know, in the interview, a nurse manager will ask you if you have experience with Epic. And you're like, sure, yeah, I've used Epic. And you're right. thinking in your head, you you know, yeah, it was a few assignments ago, but I, I'm pretty sure, you know, whatever. And then you get there and you realize that they're using like 5.0 version and you were using 2.0 version. Or the other way around. You're right, using it, and then to... all of a sudden you realize you need more training than you thought that you needed. Or the version they're using is not one you've seen. Right, right. So Because it's old? Yeah. So I think that that's one is that, is thing. Is that possible? Is that a thing? Probably, right? Probably, yeah. I would think. Um, especially if, you know, updating versions cost money. But so that that's that's, that's that causes thing. terminations, it causes mm-hmm. frustration, it causes You look bad cuz you're a slow mm-hmm. on the charting system. I yep. get that. Mhm. Even though you're like, I don't know how I can be slow on it because it's it's not what I've used to. I've been I've been right. reusing Epic my whole career yeah. perhaps or right. whatever. There's a different version, you know, and right. and then you develop habits. If you're used to using sure. one particular version, and then you're switching to another version, and they've updated or deleted those different things, and you know, so if I think people, you know, I guess the advice is to travelers who think 
oh yeah, I've used that. I know, you know, maybe step back and think, yes, I've used it, but maybe, you know, you do provide a, a, some time in orientation on the system, to right? To make sure that your version of what yeah, I know is the right, same as what you, you know, have. And okay. so that you could, so that just because I've used the system doesn't mean that I don't need to freshen up and brush yeah, up on it. No, I like it. it. Um, that's good. That's good yeah. uh, information from your travelers for yeah. sure. So, well, and you also mentioned the same thing happens when you get to the floor. One of the, I mean, it yeah. sounds, this sounds fundamental, but not knowing where stuff is, yeah, where to yeah. find things is a big thing with orientation. Even when you're going up to the floor and now you're orientating on the floor itself, right. managers forget to show you where stuff is. You heard that yes. frequently when you were doing the research for this podcast. And yeah. it's like, I'm like, really? And the answer was, yeah. yeah, they don't really walk you around and show you where things are. <laughs> like you're a traveler, you're supposed to just know by osmosis or, you know, you're supposed to be mm-hmm. omnipotent. And I can just go ahead and just knowing. I'm all knowing, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one particular lady who was an L&D um, nurse was telling me a story about how she was, it was like her first day on the floor, orienting, yeah. orienting. And um, somebody went into labor, like, really very like wow. unexpectedly yeah, no. and really quickly that happens and they were really low on staff shocker right and so everybody just had to kick in and you know jump in deliver a baby but she d- is the somebody was like she needs ice chips and terry was like, <laughs> it's okay <laughs> she's like i didn't even know where the refrigerator was to get them right you know and so it's just it's little things like that that just never enter your mind and you know you don't really think you didn't you didn't you didn't violate any hipaa rules by saying someone's first name okay, I'm, just <laughs> sure. I'm always worried about it no we just yeah you, just, we, you gotta be weird on social media you don't want to tell someone's name because yeah. who knows what but yeah no but that yeah, makes just sense weird you know little things like that or i mean or how many times i have heard you know like i see you nurses not really knowing where the crash card is or interesting it just seems yeah. like that would be a, simp- a first thing you know so ask is what, you, what we're getting at is when yeah. you, if, well and that's a lot of the feedback i got from people that have been doing this for a while was they eventually developed their own little lists of things that they made sure to find out about right. when you they said started that. a floor that's a veteran traveler move right there mm-hmm. they, they have their list for orientation as opposed yeah. to just walking in and sitting down and looking at videos that they are asking mm-hmm. you to watch right yep. she had and, and her I own think that set that's a good thing i think that for you veteran travelers out there and you know on our page or on other groups i think it would be wise if you have lists like that hey hey guys you know this is a list of questions i ask when i go into or that i make sure i know when i right. completed an so it kind of goes along with our mentoring episode does it, it does. not yes. and, and it's a really good thing because you're sitting there in orientation with potentially you know anywhere from one to who knows how many yeah. Other travelers, whether they're in your specialty or not, whether right. they're even allied or nursing, mm-hmm. but a lot of the things you have on your checklist, the things you've learned to ask, could be very appropriate to share with somebody else. So, right. again, mentor and help each other help out. You guys other. are, it's like we're a club, man. Yeah, we got to Travelers are a club. Yeah, we do. And, and, and have each other's back. I, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you were told that. Orientations that are more intimate, in other words, smaller settings, by many of your travelers, hands down, were way better than ones that were in the huge, you know, yeah, the huge, uh, big classroom type situation yeah, or watching the videos. It's very similar to like a college experience. I always enjoyed my smaller classes mm. as, as opposed to the, I'm one of a hundred. Yeah, I enjoyed them more, but unfortunately, I went to a big college, so you had no choice. <laughs> I but went the, to a big one, but the fundamentals were boom. You I had, had to. a mix of both, you know. No, when I, as I moved on, when you got toward the end of your yeah, they got college smaller. career, yeah, because yeah. they, oh, they yeah. got cool and interesting, mm-hmm. for sure. But I agree, that's probably really similar for people mm-hmm. that don't, don't understand that. But that. I mean, if you imagine, you know, like uh, the badge thing that we were talking about, if you're in a smaller setting and you have an IT guy who just has to make five people's badges work. That's likely to get done by the end of the week, Yeah, you know? So I guess there's not much to say on this except for the fact that if you need a good, intimate orientation, <laughs> you might want to stay away from big hospitals. Right, yeah. Or, or hospitals have multiple systems, especially in the same city, because the likelihood is strong that you might be going to a campus for multiple. Yes. But Or, you know, here's another question. Mm-hmm. You could ask during the interview and find well, out. I mean, I don't. you probably aren't going to remember this, but one of the people I talked to, I had sent her to a giant facility campus in Iowa. Yeah. And um, 
the orientation was so big that like the first three days they were just touring each of the three hospitals. What? Yeah. And it's a lot of money this walking one around. particular person just in the touring of it rubbed a manager the wrong way in just the touring and was terminated before she ever made it to the floor. Wow. And I, yeah, I know you don't remember that. But. No, I don't. Was it ours that was terminated? Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. No, I still don't remember it, but <laughs> sorry. Right. I mean, I'm telling you, it happens. <laughs> Well, you know, <laughs> if she, after we're done recording, you probably tell me. I'll be like, yeah, of course, he or she <laughs> did, right? I'll know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it will be. But yeah, well, I mean, you get to a good point because it kind of brings us to the next thing that we were going to talk about, and that is that the, the teacher of the orientation yes, is very important. It can be a key to your overall experience and really is like the catalyst potentially for your enjoyment of your assignment. Well, and you have to break it up because they get a, they get a teacher for from HR. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have a teacher on the floor. Potentially, you know, maybe. Right. And those are kind of two different people. And right. So, you know, you have to hope that both sets are good. I don't know how people can foreshadow that or find out you besides can. just asking, but. You got to roll your dice on that one. Yeah. I mean, but it, uh, unfortunately, there's just, we're just pointing out something that we have learned. And yeah. It's common sense. I mean, it doesn't. If you traveling, you know, yeah, but if you're not. It makes total sense. If, yeah. you, if you have a good instructor for anything, you're going to come out. A little better. bit stronger, a little bit better. So mm-hmm. who knows what? But again, that's why don't be afraid to ask questions, which is the next. Yeah, session. it really is. And so, I mean, some of the things that that too. are important is, well, we talked about badging, and I mean, I'm going to mm-hmm. go out because the pain that I've experienced on my side, you know, I'll walk in the payroll department, and <laughs> it, there's a different rule for holiday, different rule for overtime. That's Definitely different. punching in, punching out itself with it, with potentially a badge or using a Chronos type mm-hmm. timekeeping system. This stuff is really important, mm-hmm. and it's so common. Mm-hmm. And the level of frustration goes up, 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 up with a traveler who cannot track their time properly. Right. And that is, I mean, if you think about it, that's very, very important. That it's not just a, you know, a. It's more than just timekeeping. It's a lot is involved in it, and it really, yeah. when it comes to someone's pay and their and their in and their money, right. that's big, right? It's very big. So, asking about not only you know. What is their holiday policy? But what is, you know, how do I, how do I fix an on-call? Yes. We've had that a lot where I was on-call. Well, it doesn't show it on the report. Yeah, you, you I, know. Mm-hmm. How do I, what do you, how do you do, how do you go and make changes on your time? Mm-hmm. How do you go and say, hey, I was actually worked this shift. I forgot to either punch in or punch yeah, out. I which, made a mistake. Yes. So you want to ask those types of questions. You want to ask mm-hmm. questions about just protocol and process on the on the unit itself. Yep. Things that you might take for granted, and I'm just guess we're building our people's list for them. Right. Might be different at this facility. That's what, yeah, or things that you or you think maybe are are just that everybody does it the same way. Right. You know, because maybe you've been to so many assignments for a while where everybody did do it the same way. Yeah. Maybe just don't assume that everybody does. Well, and I can't. We can't give really good examples as we're no. not travelers, but no. there certainly are things that you would assume might have subtle changes from facility to facility in a process or a protocol or a procedure that, you know, I don't care if it's a code procedure, right. that you should, those are the things you really want to make sure you're super familiar with. So is that our little girl over there? Yes, it's the little girl. All right. She's going to, maybe she will, maybe she will. She will I can't, we can, we're recording old, we're recording new. Might, I don't know. She's probably not up high enough to be able to, to for, for anyone to see her. She's going to come up and see it, maybe. But anyway, so that's important to be able to, you know, it I didn't is. get that. I mean, I'm talking everything from parking. How do you, you know, where, yeah. to, where to park, how to park, breaks, whether you smoke or you don't smoke. Don't smoke. Quit smoking. A lot <laughs> Please. of do smoke. I know. But what are the prop policies about that? Where do you go? I mean, this the things that you're, you know, you're, what do you do if you're sick? What if you do if you have an emergency, you're coming in, you blow a tire? I mean, these yeah. are the kinds of things that you want to find out before they happen well at least at that point (laughs) but i really do think one of the biggest ones in my opinion is timekeeping and errors and how to fix those and how to make changes because Mm -hmm. i think most companies understand that if you're unhappy with your pay you're gonna you're gonna not work for them again so Mm -hmm. most companies do want to pay you properly and and correctly yeah and every time that I can tell you that when it doesn't happen, it's usually because of the reporting mechanism, not the traveler's fault no. necessarily. Sometimes it is, but it's usually because something came to us erroneously, and yeah. it wasn't right. No, 
and, and we, we didn't catch it, and they didn't it. catch it, and then mm-hmm. they can they can then they have to learn the process. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't tell you times I pay people hoping that my process to getting the the would invoice work. fixed would work, and sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. No, which is frustrating. Ooh. But there are companies out there that won't pay you until they can guarantee they're going to pay. Which I totally understand that philosophy. I think anybody mm-hmm. does. It's not you know. Well, and, and and orientation is a good place to learn this stuff. Like just, I mean, just yesterday I was going through this. You know, uh, somebody somebody was on their way to their shift. Um, they got called called off, and um, on their way there. So then this person said, "Well, am I on call or am I not?" Right. And the manager said, "Yeah, you'll be on call." Okay. Well, so when we by the time we get the timesheet, there's no shift there. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we pay her based on what a timesheet says. Of course. Says. And she, of course she's like, well, I was on call that third shift. And I'm like, well, it, it doesn't reflect that. And so, you know, they're only going off of what they see. Right. And so, you know, if she had known prior, then she could have said, hey, how do I make sure that my chronos reflects validate? Yeah. that I'm on call? Well, and it, it's, it's just, I mean, again, for travelers, one of the quintessential important things is that you get paid right. Yeah. And we did an old episode on yep. payroll errors. Yep. And it it does oftentimes come to, if it's me, if I had to make sure things were perfect in order for me to get paid every week, and things and there were so many variables. I mean, I'm just a salary guy, right? <laughs> but there are that many variables and making sure people got what I had and all the different things I do. I would be pretty meticulous that Start I had things fixed beforehand yeah. up front. And so I'd ask those questions. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me how, and there are some, by the way, there are some vendors that have horrible I'm yes. talking vendors have horrible timekeeping systems mm-hmm. and issues. And we have that same trouble every time. So learn it, understand it, make sure that you know who that vendor is and what the process is. Other hospitals and systems have different, so you should ask these questions. Really familiarize yeah. yourself in with your timekeeping stuff. Okay, and then let's talk a little bit about the floor orientation. We didn't really go into that too much. But that I think that's an area where there is a lot of good things happen. It seems to me what we're told that that's where the real orientation, in fact, is. Sure. You know, and I get that. It's not like you're learning how to punch in or punch out or no. the policies of the hospital, where you, where the smoking areas are, when right. you can, you know, what, what the rules are. Right. This is more the nuts and bolts. And I think this is where you could take a less personalized orientation and make it personalized. Yes. Yeah. I think the traveler has to sometimes take that onus on themselves if they're not getting that from their person that's orientating them to the unit. Yeah. Well, and... You know, a lot of the feedback I got was, this is where you can really begin to tell the temperature. Of culture. The, yeah, and the temperature of the floor, of how welcome you are as a traveler, yeah. how willing other permanent... You, you don't know, really know till you get to the floor yeah, and then... How willing they are to help you, you know. you know, And, and a lot of them said, I don't, I don't care if they're bitches that day or not. I'm asking the question. I'm going to ask as many questions I, as I have to answer because I'm going to make sure I take That's care of That's a veteran patients, move right there. You know, Pro and tip. Just, and they just don't worry about it. You know, they don't worry if these people aren't going to well, like you. Well, because their license is online and, they're, gonna, yeah, and their reputation. I don't care if you like me or not, uh, but I do care that I make sure I do this correctly. You know, mm-hmm. And so they don't really get bogged down by, oh, they're going to think I'm don't know what I'm doing or whatever even though sometimes that's how it you know that you will be treated like you don't know these things like that's well okay. I've only been to 10 hospitals no but I think that is I think that's a, I think that's a pro tip move you got to <laughs> you got to take your ego out and your and your you know being potentially a little bit um, shy and just say hey I need to know this stuff because yep. literally the next time you walk in that unit potentially or even maybe that shift you you're on your own and mm-hmm. you want to know the answers to these things and yeah. I think you know, that's the wonderful thing about working with Nurses and allied professionals, you guys typically do ask those, but if you're yeah. the kind of person that doesn't ask, yeah, don't find that stuff out. By it. Don't just no. be assertive and you can't. It's too much at stake, right? Mm-hmm. And again, that's that's the wonderful thing about most people that are listening to this or watching this is that you guys get it. You guys understand yeah. that there's too much at stake to kind right. of him haw around, find right. out what's going on. But I like the fact that I, you were told repeatedly by people that. You've gone to orientation, you're ready to go, you've talked to your manager to interview, and now you go to the unit to do your actual unit orientation, and here's where you really kind of figure out (laughs) what the next 13 weeks are going to be like. Right. (laughs) It comes right down to the guy or gal who's walking you through and doing the orientation. And hopefully the hospital has chosen someone who is Mm -hmm. a good person to represent their unit. Yeah, and doesn't totally resent travelers. But what you were told is it's very rarely that the the kind of feel you get that day is much different than what it's like the next 13 weeks is what yeah. you're telling oh, me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, the more we talk like this and just have conversations, the more, I mean, I don't know how you can listen to this and not be a traveler and not be impressed by the, by what these men and women do. I know. It's you know, just us talking, let's kind of maybe just go, man, I mean, it's just the level of trust. We talked about the triangle trust, but just all this stuff, I, I, this is why I get elevated when I'm excited and talking to somebody about how I'm so sick of what I see. When you look at what these people do. I know. Because the end thing is they're taking care of somebody in their health. And yeah. it's not like you're just learning how to, you know, I don't know, work at a car wash. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is big shit here. And it blows me away that these men and women go and they put up with this catty crap because that's, you know, universal against any job you have. Yeah. And it exists in healthcare when there's so much at stake. And these men and women that are listening and watching us go out there and they, they do this every 13 weeks potentially or every 26 yeah. weeks. It's, it's amazing. You guys are awesome. I mean, you really, you really are. are. And, I, and I'm not trying to kiss ass. Because people no, probably figure out I'm not too much trying, of a kiss ass. We wouldn't be doing this if we didn't think they weren't awesome. No, but it's it is it just goes we to show make you. We want to you more awesome, awesomer. Well, again, today's episode is just really this one's kind of interesting because it was really probably the one episode that we've done so far that you and I know the least amount about together. Yeah, there's no secondhand knowledge, really. It's all secondhand knowledge, yeah. right? And, you and did and some research really for us, which I appreciate yeah. by you know actually drilling down. Which I'm telling you. A lot of recruiters probably were in your boat, too. I mean, you knew about orientation, but you didn't ask really tough, specific questions until the yeah. other day. And you did learn some things. Ow. Yeah, I, did, yes. I always had to do that one per episode. <laughs> Smash my hand or punch you something. Do you have your ring on, though? No, Usually I had... it makes a giant <laughs> I got that going. Of course, I have it on. Um, you know, so, but it's it's amazing what you learn. And you did learn that. And I yeah. think a lot of recruiters are probably just as naive and as we still are. You got a little sure. bit more knowledge. But um, I hope this was helpful for people that, are relatively new with travel or mm -hmm. maybe um, have only always gone to one certain type of facility. Well, yeah, and even you veterans, you know, like I said, help people, help, help, help out, help yourselves out. I think if that's Put a, some tips in the comments, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. Well, if that's a, if there's a, if there's something to take from this episode, I hope that it's not knowledge from you and I today. It is. I mm -hmm. hope you take that. You're going to help other people out. If you're good at crowdsource, well, if you understand orientation and you have a good process for helping yourself get orientated Make rapidly and effectively, yeah. mentor Share. somebody else to, so that they can do the mm -hmm. same thing. Share that with us and them. All right, guys, we appreciate today. It's been a good one, and we will talk to you next time on Travel Insiders. See you guys.